Hello, and welcome to this edition of Mixed DNA, the podcast with two mixed race hosts talking about what they feel like. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Melissa. So what are we talking about today? This week, we're diving into Chinese New Year, the traditions, superstitions, the food, my favorite, and the Chinese Zodiac. Chinese New Year is coming up on February 1st. I cannot believe it's February already. That seems like a lot to cover. So let's get started, shall we? As a refresher for our listeners, or if you're new to mixed DNA, I am Chinese. My mom, who was born in Trinidad and Tobago, her parents, my grandparents, were both from China, born and raised, eventually marrying and immigrating to Trinidad. So does this make me some sort of Chinese cultural expert? Definitely not. I know pretty much next to nothing about being Chinese, except for the fact that I am Chinese and I love Chinese food. And I'm talking like real Chinese food, which we will discuss a bit later. So I'm learning not and Mandarin. sharing. No, definitely not Mandarin. No. Although I'm, I'm not opposed to the Mandarin now and again. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm learning and sharing information and my personal experiences best I can, just like I do every week. Just like we both do every week. Yeah, that's true. I'm looking forward to hearing what you've got to share. There are a few important dates for Chinese New Year that we want to highlight for you. Starting with the uh, starting with little year. Sorry, I was going to say the little year which is in progress right now. This year it started January 24th and will run until the 31st, which is New Year's Eve. Chinese New Year this year officially begins on February 1st and runs until February 11th. This period of time is also known as the Spring Festival. After the New Year, the Lantern Festival is celebrated with preparations starting on February 12th and ending the festival itself on February 15th. That's a pretty long festival to celebrate the New Year. Way more celebratory than our customary midnight popping champagne, lighting fireworks, and then calling it a night. (laughs) The Chinese New Year is 16 days, but only the first seven days are public holidays in China. And just to note, Chinese New Year, which you'll sometimes hear called Lunar New Year, uses the lunar calendar, which is different from our solar calendar. And just to keep things straight, all dates we'll use this episode will reflect the solar calendar. Okay. We should also let everyone know that we will refrain from attempting to say anything in the native languages of Mandarin or Cantonese because it will be awful and we don't (laughs) want to offend anyone or make total fools of ourselves, which will actually happen. And what I wouldn't give for a seven-day public holiday, especially if it's paid, that would be amazing. You and me both. There's about 4,000 years of history behind what is actually the longest holiday of the year. We obviously can't recount 4,000 years of history in one episode, so we'll highlight and feature some aspects of the holiday that we find the most interesting, starting with the calendar of events that happened during the Spring Festival, which, as Vanessa mentioned earlier, is the period of time from February 1st to 11th. During this period, there's a lot of things going down, including in-law visit day, day of the rat, break day, day of the human, day of the millet, Providence Health, the Stone Festival, and son-in-law day. Seems like a lot to remember. But when something is rich in tradition, it shouldn't be messed with. Plus, some of these days have very interesting traditions, like the Stone Festival on February 10th. The night before, people freeze a clay jar onto a smooth stone, and in the morning, the youngins will carry the jar around. If the stone doesn't fall, it's a sign of a good harvest. And on the Providence Health Day, the birthday of the highest god, the Jade Emperor, I love Jade, by the way, in case anyone was wondering, is celebrated by women bringing flagrant flowers and candles to natural wells or harbors or open spaces to pray to the gods, most 
most specifically, sorry, the Jade Emperor. On Day of the Millet, agriculture is the focus. Way back when pets like fish and birds were released back into the wild as a sign of respect to nature. In more modern times, families will visit rural areas to learn about current agricultural practices. This helps children appreciate farmers and makes them more environmentally aware. What's done on each of these specific days varies by region, but in general, themes will always remain the same. Once the spring festival is over, it's time to prepare for the Lenten festival. Unfortunately, I have not been to a Lenten festival. I've always seen them in movies and it looks magical, especially, what is it? Um, Tangled. That looked amazing. Very jealous of a cartoon. Also, I didn't know that we had one here. I searched while we were researching this and I totally would have gone. I didn't even think to look. Uh, But anyways, we should check that out. It's, I can't remember where it is, but it's very far. Have you ever attended a Lantern Festival? Um, When I lived in Nagasaki, I attended the festival each year in the Chinatown that they have there. Uh, The streets would have lanterns strung out in front of the shops uh, and uh, from all the lampposts. It was like visually stunning once the sun set and the streets were all illuminated by the red hues from the lanterns. The festival itself will always fall in a night with a full moon, which definitely adds to the ambiance of the evening. The moonlight and the lanterns together are very beautiful. Plus, um, they don't only have like traditional lanterns, but they make animals or other landmark objects like flowers and trees out of um, the same material as lanterns. So everything's really large scale and on, on display for everyone to see. Those illuminated are beautiful as well. Oh, that sounds very nice. Um. Okay, sorry, I was looking at something else. I got distracted. <clears throat> that sounds so lovely. Do you have any photos to share? I probably do, but when I lived in Japan, there were not digital cameras at the time. So <laughs> um, if I find a way to find the pictures and then finally get them uploaded, then we can go from there. That would be nice. Yeah, it sucks that we don't have phones. Well, we didn't have phones back then. Like we do now because you'd have so many. Anyway, um. In ancient China, women usually weren't allowed out of the house. Uh, But on the night of the Lantern Festival, they could stroll freely, light lanterns, play games, and interact with men. I think the other couple were more fun than interacting with men. But anyway, (laughs) this is why some say the Lantern Festival is the true Chinese Valentine's Day. The festival itself began approximately 2,000 years ago in the Western Han Dynasty when the emperor designated the day for worship of Taiyi, one of the universe's sovereigns. Over time, newer emperors would add their own orders to the day, including designating it a national holiday and lighting candles and lanterns of Buddha. All events combined and evolved into the Lantern Festival that is celebrated today. There's a lot more to the Lantern Festival than just lanterns, though. If you swing on a playground on that day, you're supposed to have no aches or pains for the entire year. There are also riddles to be solved, usually a fun game reserved for children, but people write them and attach them to lanterns as well, uh, sort of like wordplay and poetry. And over the course of the entire festival, there are a lot of dances involving traditional paper parasols, fans, and of course, the ever popular lion and dragon dances that are synonymous with Chinese culture all over the world. For those that aren't aware... The difference between the lion and dragon dance, beside the fact that they're two different animals, is that the dragon dance is performed by a team of dancers, whereas the lion is generally a team of two. Both dances are performed to the beat of a Chinese drum. 
Both dances are performed to the beat of Chinese drums and cymbals. Dragons represent wealth, wisdom, and power, and are believed to bring good luck. For the lion dance, the lion costumes are more intricately designed, with the eyes and mouth moving. That sounds kind of scary. With that in mind, the lion will playfully request for food and traditional red Chinese envelopes, but more on those later. The lion is more scary because it does move. Anyhow, though, um, I always used to I always used to think that when I was a kid, the lion would always scare me. Okay, it sounds scary. <laughs> um, there's definitely no lack of events and customs going on during the festivities. There's so much tradition, and it's pretty amazing that it's been carried through dynasty after dynasty, and is still such a beloved and special time for those that celebrate. Usually, with so much tradition, though, comes a lot of superstition. Ah, uh, the superstitions. I think I'm a little superstitious for certain things. I guess. Are you either fully superstitious or not at all? Um, you can be on the fence, I think. Okay, then I'm definitely on the fence superstitious. But not only are there superstitions, but there are a lot of rules and restrictions. And if broken or not followed correctly, your fortune for the upcoming year won't be favorable. We'll just go through 10 of the most common taboos. First, the first being, do not say a negative word. I need this one every day. Words with negative connotations are forbidden. These include death, sick, empty, pain, ghost, poor, break, kill, and the list goes on. Saying these words could jinx yourself or bring misfortune to you and your loved ones. This one seems like a good idea. Only talking to each other pleasantly sounds pretty good, and I think we should do that more often. But I mean... I don't know how many of your sentences have pain, ghost, and kill. Maybe you should <laughs> reassess your conversation. Okay, go ahead. Probably. But um, <laughs> in these crazy COVID times, it might be easier to just keep your mouth shut until the whole celebration's over. Because um, I don't know, a lot of those words seem pretty common these days. <laughs> That's true. Um, oh. The second taboo you don't want to commit is breaking glass or ceramics. Uh, because apparently... Doing so will break your connection to prosperity and fortune. If something does happen to break, you're to immediately wrap it with red paper, and we'll talk more about the color red and colors in general later, and murmur auspicious phrases about asking for peace and security. Once the New Year celebrations are complete, you're free to throw the wrapped up shards away. Well, it sounds like I would run out of red paper since I'm so incredibly clumsy. So number two, I would fail. But I really like number three and would love to keep it up all year long if I could. It's do not clean or sweep. Perfect. Right before New Year starts, there's a day for cleaning where you sweep, dust, and wipe away the bad luck of last year. Um, if you sweep or dust during the celebration, you may be sweeping all the good luck away uh, of this New Year. So it's just positive and it makes sense. Trash all that bad karma and make room for better. Number four is to not use scissors, knives, or sharp objects. The reasoning for this one is that you could cut your stream of wealth and success. Hair salons are closed during the entire festival because of this taboo. Wow, really? I guess there are appointments before February. <laughs> February! Wow, really? I guess their appointments before February are through the roof. I wonder how they cook or do things without being able to use sharp things scissors i'm sure they have a way around it or they do a lot of prep before the festival starts the fifth is not to visit the wife's family 
Traditionally, the bride moves into the groom's home after marriage, and of course, she will celebrate the Chinese New Year with her in-laws. Returning to her parents on New Year's Day means that there are marriage problems and may also bring bad luck to the entire family. Everything seems centered around luck in all of these. The couple should visit the wife's family on the second day. They'd bring their children as well as a modest gift. It's obviously it's the thought that counts. Number six is not to demand debt repayment. This allows everyone a chance to celebrate without the stress of worry. If you do ask for repayment during the festival, you risk bringing debt to both parties. Borrowing money is also out of the question as you could risk having to borrow money for the entire year. Oh my goodness, that sounds stressful. Probably best to just steer clear of debt the best you can throughout the year. If that's even possible, who knows? Number seven is to avoid fighting and crying. I would fail for sure at the not crying, but the fighting, I think I could be okay. If a child cries, which Melissa and I know very well, they are not to be reprimanded. Um, If any issue arises during the festival, they are to be solved peacefully. This is to help ensure a smooth path of conflict or to be conflict free in the new year. I'm also very okay with peaceful reprimandment if there is such a thing. The eighth is to avoid taking medication. This is to ensure that you will avoid being sick during the course of the new year. This also includes visits to the doctor, having surgery, or this would be definitely interesting during COVID pandemic times. Avoid getting shots. Um, Are there no exceptions or what kind of medicine? Because I need to take my medication every day. Um, Well, I guess booster shots of COVID vaccine are off the table in China the next few weeks. The ninth taboo is not to give New Year blessings to someone who is still in bed. Very lazy. (laughs) (laughs) You'll risk them being bedridden for the entire year. I mean, if that's what they want, then for sure. You also shouldn't force someone to wake up or tell them to wake up as you don't want them to feel rushed and bossed around for the upcoming year. This definitely sounds like a good time to take advantage of sleeping if you can. The tenth and final taboo that we're going to mention are gift-giving taboos. Certain things are not acceptable as presents, such as clocks, which signify paying one's last respects, or anything in black and white, as these colors are said to represent great sorrow, and nobody has time for sadness in the new year. True story. Well, since you mentioned colors, let's talk about lucky colors for the Chinese, especially the color red. Red signifies happiness, success, and good fortune, and it also signifies fire. Red is famously popular with Chinese culture, as you'll see it not only during the New Year festivities, but also at weddings and other happy occasions. Red envelopes are handed out during the New Year, and they usually contain a little bit of money inside. Um, But while there is money inside, it's not the money that's important. It's the red envelope itself that's the gift, as the cumber as the color symbolizes good luck and prosperity, which is just what everyone needs for the new year. The tradition is usually reserved for children, but you can give them to anyone, friends, family, colleagues, your male person, anybody that you wish to give well wishes to for the upcoming year. In more recent years, people have been able to send digital envelopes to friends and family via e-transfers. And as the number four is bad luck in Chinese, amounts should never be given in fours. So like four, 40, 400. It's also key to remember to receive the envelope with two hands from the gift giver and do not open it in their presence. Well, I th- when I think of royalty, I think of the color blue or deep purple. But in Chinese culture, yellow represents royalty and the color of the throne are also important in Chinese culture. The first emperor of China was known as the Yellow Emperor. China was often referred to as Yellow Earth and its mother river is the Yellow River. 
It's an important color from ancient. It's an important color from an ancient perspective. The third most favorable color is green, representing money and wealth, as well as fertility, regeneration, harmony, and growth. Buildings, banks, and restaurants are often painted in green. Are you ready to talk about food? I'm always ready to talk about food, cook food, eat food. I love food. Well, we both do. So let's take a look into what's cooked, prepared, and eaten during the Chinese New Year. Chinese people take pride in their food, and rightfully so because it's delicious and it's loved all over the world. The most popular and well-known food is the egg roll, which are actually called spring rolls because they're eaten during the spring festival of Chinese New Year. Delicious. Spring, definitely. Spring rolls can be a main dish, an appetizer, or a snack. While most people are familiar with the deep-fried version, they can also be baked or steamed and vary in size and shape from small rectangles to large circles. The filling of the spring roll depends on the chef's personal tastes, but traditionally the filling is pork, Chinese cabbage, shiitake mushrooms, carrots, and all of that is well-seasoned for optimal flavor. In present-day China and in Chinese restaurants all over the world, you can even find spring rolls to satisfy a sweet tooth, including... Shanghainese-style red bean paste, or even rolls filled with ice cream. Those are my most favorite thing to order. I always order them <laughs> because they're delicious, obviously. Another well-known Chinese dish is the dumpling, which is also my fave. The Chinese characters that make up the word dumpling translate to exchange and midnight hour, which is the perfect thing to eat for the New Year. By eating dumplings, you are sending away the old. And welcoming the new. Similar to spring rolls, dumplings are traditionally filled with Chinese cabbage, green onion, pork, and shrimp. Chefs will even put a coin into the dumpling. <laughs> oh man! Hopefully, it's a chewable coin. There's a lot of teeth hurting. The person who happens to find and eat the dumpling will have great luck for the upcoming year. In addition to the deliciousness of eating dumplings, making dumplings is a family bonding experience that every member of the family participates in, from making the dough to filling and wrapping it. While the origin of the noodle is heavily disputed between almost every country in current existence,、uh, there's no doubt that the noodle is a staple of Chinese cuisine. In China, in ancient times, they were called soup pancakes. People would tear little pieces of dough into the pot to let them cook this way. When the Tang Dynasty came into power, they advised people to roll them into the noodle shape that we're familiar with today. For the New Year, people like to eat long noodles. The longer, the better. You aren't allowed to cut them, and you shouldn't chew or bite either. The longer the noodle, the longer your life. This calls for a lot of slurping. I feel like it also calls for a lot of slurping. This isn't funny, but I'm imagining like there's also girls on TikTok like slurping back the noodles, and I don't know how they do that. It's, okay. It's, it's. But、normal. are you doing it? I don't know. In Japan too, I was told like from earlier on, like early on, like don't. You're supposed to slurp your noodles. Like it's it's accepted. It's acceptable. I'm not slurping. Like shh, taking huge. I don't know. I guess your slurps are small. Then you should be no, taking noodle slurps. Like if you're in a noodle restaurant, like in a ramen restaurant, it's just slurps. Like just. <laughs> People are just slurping, and you're swallowing it. Well, I guess you're putting it into your mouth. I don't know if you're like downing it, but like, oh, okay, okay. Well, maybe I need to experience it before I make a comment. Like, I would cut in the bowl before I would start slurping because I can't, I can't slurp like that, and like broth is flying everywhere. It's like a big disaster. Okay, but it's good though. 
Well, ramen is ramen, yes. But <laughs> just uh, okay, okay, choking. Um, but also, what you choose to accompany your noodles with holds significance as well. Eggs bring big and healthy families. Lobster brings endless money. Shrimp brings fortune and wealth. Roast pork brings peace. Duck and chicken bring loyalty. Tofu, no thank you, but that brings happiness. And fish brings a surplus of wealth. I think you and I could really use some lobster and shrimp in our life. Even though I'm not a big fan of lobster, I would gladly eat more of it if money came after. You don't like tofu? Ugh, it's okay. Maybe I just haven't had it made but, in but a way. But there's so many kinds of tofu. Right? There's so many kinds of tofu. Like there's different um, consistencies of tofu. Oh, I've only tried, I guess, whatever is here and I don't like it. And tofu literally tastes like nothing. So like it has to be like how it, what it's cooked with. Like, cause it tastes like nothing, literally like nothing. Hmm. Yeah, no, I've never had it where I liked it. Huh. Interesting. We'll work on that. Lastly, we'll talk about rice cake. In ancient times, rice cakes were used only as offerings to the ancestors and gods, but eventually became a traditional dish during the spring festival of the new year. But you can always find them year round which is a good thing because they are delicious. They're made from a sticky, uh, glutinous rice or a yellow rice, making them very distinct in color and texture. Are we talking about the round, dry rice cakes? No, these ones are like sticky and flat and they're a little bit sweet. They're really good. Interesting. Hmm. I've never tried one. Another staple of the Chinese table is one of my favorites. I have to stop saying that. Okay, this whole episode is my favorite, which is wine. There's no enforced drinking age in China, and everyone will at least take a sip during the New Year's Eve meal. Not only is wine enjoyable, but it is believed that the alcohol can protect you from bad luck. I feel like that is false because with a lot of alcohol brings you bad luck. But uh, some good things also come with too much alcohol. I'm not going to lie. Um. As China is a top producer of tea in the world, you would think that it would play a big part during the New Year's festivities, but that apparently is not the case. The tradition of brewing and drinking tea in the traditional way is a somber activity in a settled-down environment, which isn't the case during the New Year. I do love myself a nice cup of hot tea. It is very relaxing in the evening, so I understand that. Man, everything sounds so delicious, it's making me really hungry. We'll have to post some of our favorite recipes to our social accounts so everybody can be hungry along with us. Does your family celebrate Chinese New Year at all, or did they? Well, as I mentioned earlier, we're not big on Chinese traditions since my mom grew up in the Caribbean, and many traditions became like cloudy or lost, but there are a couple things that have stuck through. So for Chinese New Year, we usually go to Chinatown here in Toronto to a restaurant for dim sum, and we watch a dragon or a lion dance inside the restaurant because um, it's February and it's like super cold outside, even though I'm pretty sure like the whole dance outside would be really nice. But uh, growing up, I would receive red envelopes from some of my Chinese family members, which was always a nice surprise. Um, it's been hard to pass these traditions down to my son since he's pretty much a pandemic baby and the restaurants um, are usually closed or kind of closed here in Toronto anyways. Um, so it's been pretty hit or miss. Um, I'd like to make sure that moving forward, he's able to celebrate by at least seeing a dragon or a lion dance to ring in Chinese New Year. And I think it's important. Um, that he's able to celebrate a little bit of his Chinese heritage now and again. Yeah, of course. Keeping those cultural traditions alive is certainly important. Well, Melissa, are you familiar with the Chinese Zodiac? Since we were both born in 19, 
80, we're both monkeys and act like monkeys and smell like one, two. (laughs) And our boys were both born in 2019, making them pigs. This year is the year of the tiger. So let's see what's in store for us and for Preston and Maxwell this year of the tiger, shall we? Apparently, the monkey is the antagonist of the tiger, but that doesn't mean all negativity for us. If monkeys are disciplined and optimistic, the positive stars will align, especially when it comes to work. And to be safe this year, so us monkeys don't get devoured by the tiger, we're supposed to be welcome to change and have plans in place so that the tiger doesn't catch us unprepared. What do you make of this? I think it sounds pretty positive. Um, In my life, I feel like I'm trying to be a little bit more disciplined this year in doing things that make me happy. Uh, I do do yoga um, uh, in the morning and evening. I'm trying to meditate for at least five minutes a day, which I find very hard uh, to quiet my brain. But I know it's a work in progress. But I do love the yoga. So that's my discipline for the beginning of the year. Um, what do you think? what do you think about this? I I think I'm pretty disciplined to begin with, just all around in general, like sticking, making plans and lists and sticking to them. So I don't think I have to deviate anything that way. I could be a little bit more disciplined um, in my eating regime. I do not eat lunch ever, mm. which is like I do on the weekend, but I don't during the week, um, which is horrible. And I don't drink water. Like I literally, people never believe me, but literally I do not drink I water. I don't know how you do that. I literally, I wake up, I have a cup of tea in the morning before I leave That's for work. Mm-hmm. I drink one more cup of tea when I get to work. And then I don't drink anything until I come home after six o'clock. I can't. I turn. Well, I do it every day. That's true. And, <laughs> and I'm, not just and I'm alive. <laughs> You should try, though. It's good. Makes you feel, um, I don't know, refreshed. But I don't not feel the opposite of refreshed. So, yeah, I mean, I guess if you're not um, craving it, then you don't really need it. Exactly. So for our boys who are both born in the year of the pig, this year they're supposed to keep their eyes open and they'll be able to close chapters that they weren't able to close peacefully beforehand. And I'm not really sure how fitting a horoscope that is for a two-year-old. <laughs> it's not fitting at all. Close chapters of their four-page book. They need to put a bookmark in that. They can um, definitely keep their eyes open and continue to le- learn every day. That sounds better. Or something attainable for these small little, I was going to call them monkeys, small little piglets. Yes. Um, the tiger is the king of all beasts in Chinese lore. He's a sign of strength, braveness, and exercising evil. Children are encouraged to wear hats or shoes with a tiger image for good luck. For those who are born in the year of the tiger, including this year, their lucky numbers are one, three, and four, and their lucky colors are blue, gray, and orange. We'll end off today's episode by saying that a lot of Chinese culture is said to be based on Confucianism. It's a, phil- it's a philosophy that emphasizes manners, politeness, and respect. Three of my favorite things. it's true age status and rank are ingrained in the actions which is especially seen during the chinese new year there is definitely no lack of tradition going on during this entire festival it's really nice to see a festival so drenched in tradition definitely i really admire all that goes into chinese new year celebrations 
If you celebrate the Chinese New Year and or the Lunar New Year, let us know. You can reach out via social on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Mixed DNA Podcast. We love hearing from our listeners. Gong hei fa choi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I have a Confucius quote before we go because I think it's quite fitting for the new, the new year we just welcomed. It does not matter how slowly you go so long as you don't stop. Good advice. Happy New Year, everybody. Goodbye. Yeah.